When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Hi, folks. We're here for another film study. Uh, Ken McCusick here. We're here today with Dennis. And let me make sure I get your name right. Buckreiser? Buchreiser. Uh, it's a little bit hard if, if you're not a uh, German speaker naturally. Okay. Well, Dennis, I'll make sure I call you that for the rest of the show. We appreciate having you on all the way from Austria. Are you in the Vienna area? Or are you somewhere? Uh, no, it's uh, south, uh, south of Vienna, about two hours. It's near the Slovenian border, even a smaller country than Austria. <laughs> Okay. All right. Fairly part of Yugoslavia originally, right? Uh, yes, Slovenia. Slovenia was, yeah. All right. All right. Very good. Well, you had a great Twitter conversation the other day. I wanted to make sure we got you on on this uh, to discuss the upcoming cornerstone contracts the Ravens have in the next few years. It's something that, uh, you know, a lot of us are kind of dreading. I'm not sure that's the right attitude to have about it because it's really a good thing. Uh, but Let's let's let you jump right into it and uh, and talk about some of these guys who are coming due from the 2016 to 18 drafts. 
Yeah, um, as you said, it's it's one of the, the most interesting topics right now. And it's certainly a good problem to have. And it all comes from like drafting like really, really good. And the first player I want to talk is one of those examples of uh, totally exceeding his uh, draft position uh, in uh, Matthew Judon, um, who was who signed his franchise tag. Um, by the way, I'm totally in favor of this compromise between the linebacker and uh, defensive end um, tag. Totally fine. Um, and Judon um, is one of the tough uh, calls to make um, if it's uh, how important it is to, to resign him. Um, obviously, last year he had uh, 9.5 sacks, which was his definitely his best season. But he only amassed like 28.5 sacks over his four years, and he definitely commands top dollar. Um, I think uh, Judon is a is a top guy. He's a really cool dude, and he totally fits Baltimore. Um, but I'm not sure if it's um, the right thing to do to give him a, a big contract right now. Um, uh, I don't know what the Ravens are going to do. Um, I'm pretty sure that they are not going to to trade him right now because the, the roster is um, already set so far, I guess. Um, but I'm not totally in favor of uh, extending Judon unless he really breaks out this season and surpasses um, his 9.56 season uh, from one year ago. Okay, a couple of things about Judon that, that relate to that. Number one is that uh, I think it's very unlikely he gets extended. And we've got a podcast that's going to drop on Monday, which is probably before this one will drop. So we've, we've already had this discussion on air, but it relates to um, how COVID-19 is going to change the economics of the cap. And there's likely to be mm-hmm. a cap reduction, we think, in 2021, which means the dollars you'll pay are kind of going to be deflated or inflated. They're going to be of greater value next year, the dollars you have uh, that you've saved against the cap. So the Ravens have been very smart and very fiscally prudent to try and hold up and not spend every dollar. And and in Judon's case, extending him now would no doubt be done at a number that is pretty significant. And it Mm -hmm. would create another long-term liability on the books that they'd have to figure out how to deal with um, probably by about the time that Lamar Jackson uh, signs, so that's a it's an it's an upcoming problem. Now that that said, I love Judon. I, I I you know what he adds to this defense is more I think than what his statistics show because his ability to drop to coverage is something that directly mm-hmm. translates using Martindale into pass rush flexibility. That's 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 certainly true, and uh, people always tend to to um, put more focus on on the stats. And I totally agree with you that um, it it is more than just sacks. But uh, I'm, I'm he commands top dollar, like top three dollar, I guess, at his position. And I'm not sure if he's a top three player, um, whatever you want to call him, a uh, outside linebacker or um, more towards the defensive line. I'm not sure if uh, he has that quality. That's that's my problem. I have. Um, I really like his attitude, as I said before, but <clears throat> you know there are some tough calls to make um, in the next couple of years, and he might be on the wrong side. Understood. So the next the next guy on on the list here I have is Ronnie Stanley. Tell us about him from your yeah. perspective. Oh, Ronnie Stanley, um, great dude, and I'm I'm so happy that they nailed uh, this sixth overall pick. You know, um, I knew. Many people back there um, saying, "Well, uh, offensive line isn't really like the, you know, this 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 nice and exciting pick." But uh, he certainly proved to be uh, a home run. Um, but there's there's uh, another player in the league which is causing problem in in this in this case. Um, his name is Larry Mitansil. 
um, just got his contract, obviously with 22 million average per year, um, which is uh, it's it's overpaying him definitely. And I'm I think Ronnie Stanley is definitely better than than Laramie Tansil, and he's playing at the premium position, uh, protecting your quarterback, especially when you have uh, somebody like Lamar Jackson, um, is very important. Uh, oh, well, it's it's like it's it's just such a huge amount of money you're going to pay him. It could be up to 23, 24 million per year, which is like serious amount of money. Um, but there is one big problem. You do not have really like uh, backup options at the moment. They drafted uh, obviously Tyree uh, Phillips uh, in the third round, um, which is likely to be moved inside. But uh, I think at, at the this moment at this point right now you gotta uh, extend uh, Ronnie Stanley not at all cost obviously but um, if you want to rate it me rate him out of 10 I I definitely put a nine there so it's very important to extend Ronnie Stanley that's where that's where I have him uh, tagged as well and and I think one of the things that that made this country uh, Conversation more interesting to me is you had an idea about tagging and trading Stanley that you could mm -hmm. potentially get value there. Now I want to go back to Matthew Judon first, and then I want you to think, to tell me what you think they'd get for Ronnie Stanley if they tagged and trade him. With mm -hmm. Judon, I actually think the opportunity to tag and trade him is now gone. I think COVID nineteen yeah. actually took it away because nobody's going to really want to sign him to a long term deal for a lot of money, given the new cap economics we're living under. So uh, I I don't think the you know, ha having him on your team and giving the option to franchise him a second time, say, really has that kind of frictional value that a team acquiring him would like it to have. So the notion of getting a second round pick for Matthew Judon, I think, in, in a tag and trade scenario is gone now. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it is what it is. Now, Ronnie Stanley, on the other hand, there might be a team out there that, that wants a left tackle badly enough to trade highly. And it'd be one of these teams that hasn't drafted as well and doesn't have as many cornerstone contracts coming due. Uh, yes, definitely. I, I, <laughs> we've we've seen so many like strange and and head scratching uh, trades in the in the last couple of years. Maybe the Hopkins trade, maybe the Tunsil trade. After all, um, I think there could always be a, a desperate uh, team to make um, a decision which isn't in in the best interest uh, for the team long term, and the Ravens could benefit from. Um, you know the the offensive line of the Ravens is, is like really cheap right now. They're only investing like 25 million um, in total into the into the whole uh, offensive line. Um, this would be a huge jump um, from from this 25 million. And uh, you know you have to to take into account not only the draft picks but the cap space available after the trade as well. Sure. Um, so if if you could if you could just get uh, maybe a first rounder and a mid rounder. Um, I think this could be the right call. Um, obviously, you wouldn't be able to to replace him at the same quality. Um, certainly not Im immediately, but you can definitely spend um, a first round pick on a replacement or assign a, a proven veteran. Um, obviously, the quality would take um, a decrease here, but it could be, or let's say it should be the best case if you are not able to resign him due to his um, his big cap number. I do think he's the second most important of the Ravens free agents like you. And I, I would basically agree with all you've said. I'm going to expand on one element is that the Ravens right now are spending a historically low amount on their offense relative to the mm -hmm. offense's productivity. They're not spending any 
on the offensive line, as you mentioned, they're obviously not spending any on quarterback. They're basically spending no money at tight end, not much. They have Nick Boyle signed to a $6 million deal, but Andrews doesn't mm-hmm. make a lot of money. And, uh, you know, they're not spending a lot of money at wide receiver, even though Hollywood has a little money there. So it's an extremely, extremely cheap offense, and historically so in terms of the productivity on a per-drive basis. So I, I would agree. I mean, money needs to move from defense to offense. I've been saying this for a while now, that they need to figure out what defensive contracts they can allow to expire or possibly end so that they'll have more money for the offense in the next couple of years. And that's that's going to be painful, definitely. All right, so w- one of the players who's up for a big contract on the defense is Marlon Humphrey. And, you know, he technically won't be... Uh, his last year under contract is 2021 when he'll be under a fifth year option. But, uh, you know, they, they he, the first year he could have been signed was this offseason. I think the club's intention always to su- was to set up his arrangement after they got Stanley done. It just wouldn't have otherwise seemed fair to, to, to have Humphrey jump Stanley in the order in the order of getting his money. Probably could have made Stanley pretty angry, honestly. Um, so Humphrey will be signed probably before the 2021 season, but it might be after the 2021 season. Yeah, and and uh, for Marlon Humphrey, this, uh, my opinion, might be quite unpopular. Um, make no mistake, I totally love Marlon Humphrey. He, the, the attitude he brings um, to this defense is, is really awesome. He's a really humble dude. He is just like, he just brings a positive atmosphere, um, which is very important to me. Um, and you shouldn't forget that he's just 23 years old, so he's very, very young and still developing, and um, I think he's a long way to go um, till he reaches his peak. Um, but uh, the Ravens are just loaded in their secondary. They're just loaded, and as, uh, as I mentioned on Twitter, um, if you just say, let's just take a moment and forget about Humphrey, and you look at the starting secondary, you have Chuck Clark and uh, Earl Thomas, obviously, at safety, uh, you have Tavon Young uh, in the slot and you have uh, Marcus Peters as the uh, starting cornerback and you would add uh, Jimmy Smith. Uh, this wouldn't be a bad secondary by all means. This would be a quite good secondary with uh, a shutdown corner in Marcus Peters starting and uh, obviously some injury concerns for Jimmy Smith, but still a pretty good number two corner. So this wouldn't be an apocalypse to, to, to lose Humphrey. Uh, I think we should... Um, we should distance a little bit from this luxury we have right now. This most this roster is the most complete we've seen in in, in a lot of years. So um, I don't think that we are going to be able, or the Ravens are going to be able to to maintain this like really really high elite quality secondary. They're already spending um, 34 million there. So uh, with having Eamon Marshall and uh, Anthony Everett uh, back there to back them up, uh, I think. Parting ways with Marlon Humphrey could be an option because he definitely wants to reset the market. Right now, the highest paid cornerback is Darius Slay with uh, 16.6 million average. So you, you got to pay Marlon Humphrey between 18, 18 to 20 million per year, which is uh, it's it's just a big amount of money to have the for Ramsey. maybe. Oh, I've, Ramsey? I've, yeah, the Ramsey deal will probably, probably reset that market, and it might be 18, 19 million when he's when he's signed. Of course, Ramsey's yeah. in the same problem, same boat that Judon is right now, or maybe more more accurately that Stanley is now because he's coming into that option year on his contract. That he, he's he faces some very tough economics by waiting to the end of this year in terms of mm-hmm. where the cap may be under COVID nineteen. I mean, 
it's this is going to be a wipeout for teams. If the cap goes down by thirty million, let's say, the there's going to be a whole bunch of teams that are underwater relative to mm-hmm. cap. They're going to have to be cutting players just to make their their cap minimum, or they're going to have to be borrowing from the future. And very fortunately, the Steelers are in that group, and the Browns yeah. don't have a lot of cap room either. So it's great news for the Ravens. Um, it, it may make it easier to sign a lot of these folks, and there's going to be. Just like there's a new normal for everybody else in this world, there'll be a new normal for football contracts that I don't think means that the record is going to be achieved in 2021 or 2022 or maybe even 2023 at every position. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm in yeah. agreement with you. I, I, I love Humphrey, and, and I'm, I'm going to take a contrary position also on the play value of Marlon Humphrey is that He's the only really young guy the Ravens have. Marcus Peters is, I think, 28 now or will be 28 mm-hmm. this year. And, you know, Jimmy Smith is, is over 30. I, I think Peters' contract, first of all, was structured so that they can cut him. They've got a very low yeah. amount of guaranteed money in there. It's certainly structured so they can cut him in the third year, and the deal can go for two years. And I think it, it's, it ends up being two years and about $32 million, I think, he gets uh, over that period. But if uh, if they need to cut him, I think they will before they cut Humphrey. I just think as much as I love Marlon, P- uh, uh, sorry Peters, I love Humphrey more and I like him more when he's playing on the outside as opposed to the slot. Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine going into the 2022 season with having both on the on the roster. It's it's it seems to be uh, very hard to manage cap wise. So this is an interesting thought, and I do agree that um, it's more likely that they are extending Humphrey um, and cutting Peters. Okay. All right. Who do you have next on the list to talk about? Um, The reigning NFL MVP named Lamar Jackson. Um, Man, what a year that was. It was electrifying. It was exciting. Um, I noticed it here back in Austria, the... So many people started to notice the Ravens um, being a, a real, like a real football team and get to know the Ravens, and it was it was a hell of a ride. Um, the one big thing to mention when you're talking about the next contract of Lamar Jackson is, um, in my opinion, is Patrick Mahomes. Um, Patrick Mahomes is likely to to like crush the market after this season um, because his uh, his contract uh, his last contract year is 2021. Um, and I think you should hurry up and uh, try to extend Lamar Jackson before uh, Pat Mahomes signs his extension. Because um, of course his his agent is 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 going to the same direction that he's going to wait and uh, after the Pat Mahomes um, extension. But um, once the once Pat Mahomes is is uh, extended and he's going to crush the market definitely. Um, you're not in a rush or in a hurry to to extend Lamar Jackson because if if he's delivering next season anywhere close to what he was bringing to the table this year, um, he's again resetting the market after um, Pat Mahomes reset the market. So you're in no rush. Obviously, um, you have to to keep Lamar Jackson unless he uh, he totally changes his face. But uh, I think the Ravens are in no rush to to extend Lamar Jackson unless they are able to do it before Pat Mahomes crushes the market. Okay, I'm going to take a, a different side of that argument. And not, not that I don't agree with a lot of what you're saying here, but if Patrick Mahomes is re-signed not this offseason, but next year, 
I think the, the cap economics, again, will have changed. And it's quite possible Mahomes is not going to get the big deal. Well, when I say that the big deal, I think if Dak Prescott were to sign today for what the Cowboys are offering, which is about $35 million a year, I believe. By the way, he's, he's absolutely insane not to take yeah. five for 175. Yeah. He's absolutely insane. He's not as good as insane. Mahomes. And, and, he, and if with cap economics change, he could be really sitting out in the cold. Uh, in terms of having fewer potential suitors and being more beholden to the Cowboys resigning him or another team resigning him um, after that. Uh, you know, he's got one thing on his side is that the franchise tender is not going to be something the Cowboys sh- are going to be easily able to swallow. Uh, but it's but it is something where uh, a year from now, I wonder if the quarterback market is going to look the same. And then I think mm-hmm. while Mahomes will reset the market, and I expect him to make you know, a dollar more than the last contract at a, at a minimum kind of thing. I don't think he's going to go into the 42 million range or anything like that. I think he's, I think it's going to be in the high thirties. And if you're talking about that being the level anyway, you know, Jackson's deal will need to fully um, incorporate the cheap fourth year that is on the deal right now, which is still a year away. He's only entering year three, Uh, a fifth year. That is uh, uh, what do we call it? an option option year value, which is going to be higher now. And then after that, the economics of the league. So uh, I'm just, I'm at a different point on Jackson. I mean, he's tremendously important. He's the most important player on this list to sign. He absolutely drives everything the Ravens do offensively. But uh, while I think he's a 10 in that regard, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that necessarily Mahomes signing first would be a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see your point, point there. But uh, you know, you know, you know the league. Um, this league might get crazy, and if you if you have a superstar like Pat Mahomes is, and just imagine um, that he's going to the to the conference finals again this year, um, where he's going to be stopped by our Ravens, obviously, um, he's he would be the like most superstar. He's the, the shining superstar. He's he's the guy in the league. Um, and I think um, this might ref- be reflected in his contract and. Um, even though the, the, the market economy uh, economics might um, lower the cap a little bit, but um, I think his, his, his next contract is going to be crazy. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's talk then a little bit about a, a, a draftee from his class, Mark Andrews. Now, Mark Andrews, because he is a third-round pick, it'll be 2021. He's up, actually a year before Jackson, in theory. Uh, now they'll probably both be signed in a similar year, but uh, Andrews and Humphrey actually come due the same year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, one thing is is definitely for sure: uh, the Ravens have uh, like big, big, big time confidence in in Mark Andrews. That's reflected in the Hayden Hurst trade, um, and I think you cannot overvalue um, the the existence or the presence. Um, Mark Andrews brings uh, to the table because he's like Dennis Pitter was um, for Joe Flacco. He's the guy for Lamar Jackson. And if, if you're watching the games, uh, LJ just seems so comfortable throwing the ball to Mark Andrews. And this is such a valuable thing. Um, obviously, he had one like big, big, big year last year with um, over 850 yards and 10 touchdowns. His rookie season wasn't that great with uh, 552 oh. and three touchdowns but it was always uh, obviously <clears throat> a little due to having um, Hayden Hurst more involved as, as the obvious first round pick 
But I think if he's able to to somehow replicate the production from last year, he's such a valuable piece to this to this offense. And having Nick Boyle as obviously a blocking first tight end and um, the two undrafted free agents, one of them um, is going to make the team according to to um, Harbaugh um, in having Jacob Reel and Eli Wolf. Um, you have one guy, and this is Mark Andrews, and just resign him and uh, just um, give Lamar Jackson so many more years with Mark Andrews. This is a this is a friendship and a partnership which is only going to flourish over the next years. Definitely high, high, high priority. I I would agree. Um, you know, he's an extremely high priority player. I do wonder what he's going to command in terms of the market. I'd love to keep them together like Brady and Kronkowski for a decade. Those things rarely end up working out. You know, you have to end up making choices between players. And I, while Andrews is critically important, um, what he's done for the Ravens, by the way, I, it's, it's very difficult to overstate what he's done. His rookie year, you mentioned it kind of not being that good. In truth, Andrews had the highest yards per target in Ravens history as a rookie at 11.04 okay. yards. So uh, it's just remarkable his, his – uh, his production. His second year, he dropped back a little bit. And honestly, after catching 16 of 17 balls the first two weeks, his catch rate the rest mm-hmm. of the year, I think, was under 60%, which is not that great for a tight end. But that said, I really believe it's Jackson more than Andrews who drives the via the play-action game and his ability to manipulate those linebackers the ease of Andrews getting open on a lot of these plays. I wish there was more he could do to get Andrews open. The pump fake against Arizona in week two this last year where Andrews was free to escape down the sidelines, was opened by 10 yards and ran in easily for a touchdown. Um, I want to see more of that. I want to see more ball mm-hmm. fakes from from uh, from Jackson in that perspective that opened it up for Andrews. But I think if I had to guess an area where he's going to improve this year, it'd be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very interested in how his, his role is going to change because obviously the, the Ravens uh, will try to uh, get their uh, new wide receivers involved a little bit more. Um, obviously, Marquise Brown Hollywood is is should be um, ready to go uh, 100% right now with having um, his screws removed. Um, so this is going to be interesting to 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 look at, but I, I think uh, Mark Andrews is going to remain the number one target for for Lamar Jackson, and for me that's totally fine. Um, as you've mentioned, um, what is going to command um, the 2021 off season is the same season where uh, Hunter Henry and George Kittle from the uh, San Francisco 49ers are due to new contracts. So this could be an interesting. Um, situation to monitor because um, it's it's definitely possible that um, George Kittle is going to reset the market there and it's it's a tough call uh, who's the better tight end right now because uh, both George Kittle and Mark Andrews are in my opinion top four or even top three in the league right now. Fair enough now Orlando Brown drafted in that same round I believe unless I'm forgetting mm-hmm. something I thought they're both drafted in the third round in yeah in 2018. Gr- Great round. Great, great, great thing to do by the Ravens. It, uh, in general, the 2018 draft was uh, a splendid one with, with having Lamar Jackson, Hayden Hurst, uh, Mark Andrews, Orlando Brown. Just what a draft. And, um, you know, Orlando Brown is just, he's just the guy from Baltimore. He's, his father playing for the Ravens. Um, just yesterday, he, he posted a tweet um, where he, uh, he put on a photo where he's uh, shown 
having um, wearing a Ravens jersey when he was a kid. Um, he's he totally loves this town, and I think he's just a great fit for the Ravens. And I think there's a there's a big advantage the Ravens have because, um, in my opinion, Orlando Brown is somehow flying under the radar. He he failed the combine. Um, that's why he he came to the Ravens in the third round, or he dropped to the Ravens. Um, luckily, but he's definitely not considered one of the, the those shining um, figures in, in in the NFL right now, and he's not getting that much attention. This um, despite being a, a Pro Bowl alternative this year, um, I think the Ravens gotta resign him uh, because there is not really a backup right there. You have Tyra Phillips, um, which mentioned before, uh, could um, transist to guard, but. I think Orlando Brown is just is just a safe bet. Um, he's he's playing exceptionally well. He's just doing his uh, he's just putting in so much work and he's just you know he's just playing really well and he's not making that many mistakes um, and that's very important for his Ravens offense. So just resign him, not at all cost, obviously, but I think he's going to be cheaper than many people um, could imagine right now at the moment. Well, I I certainly hope that's true. I I think Brown. Is a, is a very good tackle, but I think a lot of how he is scored in my offensive line scoring system anyway is Which been is great. Help, been, thank you, has been helped by Lamar Jackson uh, being in the backfield. Is that he, mm-hmm. he limits a lot of options that uh, opposing pass rushers have, at, with the Ravens always having the lead, with the Ravens always able to um, have the read option be a, a, um, uh, a threat to the opposing defense, um, he's in great position to be able to often set in a bull rush and uh, and not uh, not really allow a right uh, sorry a left defensive end to have a two way go. Meaning he can go he can go left or he can go right because there's too much risk of allowing Jackson to escape the pocket and go off on a big run. So he's really benefiting from that. The other thing he benefits on the read option itself when he blocks inside uh, down blocks and then has to move up a level. That's a much easier responsibility for a right tackle than it is to have to block that edge defender one-on-one and either move him or kick him out or do whatever you need to do. Um, having the best ed- run defender on that side effectively taken out of there by no block at all, it's just an amazing you know, conceptual advantage of what the Ravens do. So while I love Brown, I think that there's a, there's a real risk that he'll be one of the odd men out from this list. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a risk to that. Um, I think there. Uh, this could be one of the rare cases with, where Baltimore can get a hometown discount. Um, I think another team has to offer him a lot more than the Baltimore Ravens for him to leave. Uh, but yeah, there is definitely a risk. And um, as you just mentioned before, uh, a lot of contracts are due in this offseason. And you, you're certainly not able to keep, keep them all. And um, I think we have to to, to wait and, and see um, where the new guys fit in um, drafted this year, uh, namely Ben Bradison or Tyra Phillips. Um, maybe some uh, someone of them is able to to uh, adapt to to uh, being a, ba- a backup uh, tackle, either right or left tackle. Um, so let's see how this one this one plays out. Uh, but it would be sad for the whole for the whole team and the community fan community to lose Orlando Brown, obviously. Yeah, I, I don't want to see that either. But one of the problems that the, this current Ravens team has is there is nobody, in my opinion, there is absolutely nobody on this roster who can play tackle right now. They, they'd have to yeah. you know, select someone to do it. 
but I, I'm even looking at it, and I've not been a big fan of James Hurst over the years. I think he might be the best option they have after he serves his suspension that they re-sign him and bring him back at a, at a low cap number for this year. I mean, it, I just don't see a lot of other options for the Ravens. And all the ones, you, you know, some of the ones you mentioned, Bredesen has very short arms. That's not going to work at tackle mm-hmm. in this league. McCary played left tackle at California, also very short arms. So they happen to be a, a half an inch longer than Bredesen, which really tells you, because McCary, I've been talking about how often he gets shed. That's a really significant problem. And then and then you have um, uh, Tyree Phillips, whose, whose feet are just demonstrably too slow to work at the NFL level. Mm-hmm. They're actually really too slow for college. And I, I, he, it's, it's a funny thing because feet does not always mean mobility. He actually has a little bit of mobility that I saw, an ability to get into level two and make a block. That's not a, as big a problem. It's that lateral mobility, the lateral quickness to reset his feet and make sure he can stay in front of the pass rusher that he just doesn't seem to have. It's a, a combination of slow processing and reaction, possibly maybe something they can improve on. But uh, I just don't see him playing tackle at the NFL level. Yeah, I, I, I honestly was uh, quite surprised that the Ravens um, neither drafted a backup tackle nor signed a free agent there. Um, because as you as you very correctly said, um, there's there's nobody to back up uh, either Ronnie Stanley or Orlando Brown Jr. Um, so this this carries a little bit of risk um, with it. Um, this might be uh, another point uh, for re-signing Orlando Brown Jr. Obviously, you can uh, draft someone or sign someone next season, um, but uh, this is uh, some kind of concern. If some some of them goes down, uh, could be could be worse some for the Ravens. Yes. Yeah. All right. So Orlando Brown, we mentioned, uh, you know, one guy who's been kind of forgotten in all this and honestly took a serious speed bump to his career is Matt Skura. Uh, the injury in year three, never a good time. But in his case, I think the Ravens were, would have been very open to extending him this offseason a year early, um, getting him on the books at a longer term deal, something that would have uh, represented a division of benefit between what he would get in a contract following his fourth year and and the security of having some signing money earlier uh, in 2020. Of course, it didn't work out with the injury. We've been watching him rehab like crazy. Uh, where do you see him fitting in? Uh, that's interesting. Uh, interesting player to, to watch. Um, first, you definitely have to credit him to uh, step in as an undrafted free agent. Or I mean, he was uh, signed a year before that. But after the departure of um, Ryan Jensen, he definitely um, took over the role immediately. Started all 16 games and managed to anchor the the offensive line pretty well, um, which was um, a big big kind of help for the Ravens, obviously. And he, he played solid. Um, there wasn't like really um, a hole in the middle of the, the offensive line due to him. Um, obviously, the competition in this offseason on, on the interior O-line is, is fierce, is fierce. Um, after he went down, um, Makari stepped in and it played ex- exceptionally well um, right after that, which is uh, a rare thing to see, I think, I think in this league. Um, to have a player come in, uh, make his first start in this league um, in a pretty, pretty special offense um, the Ravens have and uh, to stand his ground. Um, I think Matt Skura has uh, a big challenge um, ahead of him because all the other guys which are in contention for for center may it be Bradley Bozeman, Bredesen, may it be even Fluker or McCarrie. They're all on their heels. They're just top print, ready to be ready, 
prepared for this for his uh, competition and he's coming off an injury always a tough thing to do um having your body probably not 100 right now um it's hard um i definitely want to see him succeed in this in this competition but i think the ravens are feeling pretty pretty comfortable where they are right now with their interior o-line um, they know the worst they can get um, would be some play like Makari did last year, and they certainly hope that um, some of them exceeds uh, the expectations and uh, breaks out. So I think it's a great situation for the Ravens to have many young players, fierce competition. But I think Matt Skura is not the front runner right now, obviously. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this develops because I expect him to be on PUP to start the year perhaps come back in mid-season, okay. which is it's kind of always nice to have that. I don't wish that on Skura, but gives him a little more time to rehab, a couple extra months, and then when he comes back, he's immediately a healthy injection into an offensive line at mid-season. They've had some of that before, whether it was you know people who had failed a drug test or who had otherwise been suspended mm-hmm. or just coming back from PUP, that you, you have a fresh player coming in mid-season. That's kind of nice. Um, in, in the Ravens' case, they have a stable of players, and all the others except for Skura are very short-armed. So Bozeman, mm-hmm. Bredesen, and uh, McCary are all very short-armed players. It's going to be natural that those guys, the ideal place to plug them in is center, which has the lowest requirements for that category or minimizes the weakness there. And I think each of them brings mm-hmm. something very difficult, different to the table. McCary, very physical player, by far the most physical of the three guys. Bozeman clearly has experience, played tons of center at Alabama. It's not going to be a new position mm-hmm. to him. Played some in the in the NFL in terms of a little bit as a backup, but more in the preseason uh, in in his before his rookie year. And uh, Bredesen seems to bring an intelligence that is really at another level. I, you, we heard about him taking the ACT in the sixth grade. It's a you know college prep class, and uh, he uh, you know has a photographic memory. Reportedly, it's not going to be hard for him to, to learn the uh, playbook. It may be harder for him to meet the physical limitations uh, or the physical needs of the NFL in terms of players who are much faster, better with their hands, more able to shed him uh, naturally. So I, I see him as a, as a likely center candidate down the line. Yeah, definitely. Very intriguing prospect. Um, I think he was even a team captain at Michigan. Um, really humble, nice guy. Um, I think you know you need some some guys like like Bredesen and and, and Bozeman with a little bit um, of starting experience. Obvi- obviously, um, Bredesen has had a lot of starting experience in, in college um, because with the departure or retirement of of our whole fa- future Hall of Famer Marshall Yanda. Um, the interior O line lacks a little bit of experience, so um, I think. Um, if you plug in in Fluker at at right guard, um, it would fit um, for Bozeman just to stay at left guard, and and then Mikari has the chance to 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 play center. Um, <clears throat> obviously, one of the most interesting questions um, heading into training camp this year. You you've hit it on the nose when when you're saying the right guard decision. I think is going to drive how they set the rest of the offensive line because mm. right guard they, is a length position because of the need to uh, turn that defensive tackle 
how you want to torque him is used as a verb by uh, by the Ravens offensive line coach when I'm at when I'm there. But you really need to have longer arms to get right to the armpit of that opposing player and hold on to the jersey. And and inside the frame that's allowed, you can you can turn the turn a defensive lineman a lot easier than that, like that than you can by having to constantly play his hands and knock him free and whatnot. You just have to get to the body and 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 lock him out if you can. Well, they have two guys with exceptionally long arms there. They they have DJ Fluker is the fifth longest arms in the history of the NFL Combine. You have uh, Phillips, who is 35 and an eighth inch arms, which are really ideal for a tackle. It's too bad he doesn't have the feet to play tackle, but you know he looks ideal in terms of his length uh, to play right guard in terms of how long he'd be on the inside. And then they have Ben Powers, who has been the incumbent in practice now for a year, mm-hmm. has good length in the high 33s. I think he might be 33 and three quarters, um, so he can certainly play on either side. And I honestly. I hear I'm hearing Bozeman has a spot no matter what. I kind of think Powers gets a spot no matter what somewhere. I don't know whether it's going to be right guard or left guard, but it seems to me based on on being here for a year, the the, the quality of play he had against Pittsburgh, which is very motivated to win team in week 17, that, that Ben Powers is likely to get one of these spots. And I sure hope he does because, you know, he's he's very cheap labor for three more years. Well, the Ravens obviously were like really intrigued by his by his upside in uh, selecting him in the fourth round last year, and uh, I think it it was hard last year to 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 find a spot on this on on this offensive line, um, f- especially for 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 a guard, um, because Bozeman was p- playing like really solid last year, and obviously you can't um, get past Marshlianda. Um Obviously, he he came in into the team with this big statement. He liked to crush a grown man's dreams, um, and he's definitely demotivated. And um, I would say it's it's his job to lose this this off season. And the Ravens would definitely benefit uh, from him um, taking a route like 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 Bozeman on and playing at just a solid season and. Um, trying to to minimize the loss um, of of Marshall Yanda, but I think he can definitely feel the breath in his neck uh, coming from DJ Fluker right now because he's he's a he's a proven veteran. Um, obviously not coming from the most successful O line last year, but I think um, it's always a tough competition when you have uh, such a beast like DJ Fluker um, competing with you for this spot. But uh, I definitely cheer, cheer for Ben Powers, as you said, uh, cheap uh, labor for uh, a couple of more years. Um, and the, uh, the Ravens can definitely um, benefit from him playing well. Um, I, hope, I hope this, uh, this one works out. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard a lot in the media that the job has already been given to Fluker at right guard. I don't see it that way at all. I mean, the guy's oh, brought in need. on a... On a vet minimum contract, it's a. We'll see, but anyway, we'll uh, we'll leave it at that. Let's go. Let's go into another man who's who's kind of forgotten in this, and you know had what I thought was a very good season last year. But Tyus Bowser, much more in a specialized role now on pass rush situations at outside linebacker. You know, um, Tyus Bowser. You know, it's there were high hopes when he was he was selected by the Ravens, um, but he. Didn't really live up to this um, to these expectations right now. Last season with uh, five tackles, uh, 23 tackles, five sacks, and one uh, fumble touchdown, recovery touchdown. 
um, it wasn't his best season. Um, he definitely um, needs to step up his game uh, this year. Um, and maybe they're not popular, the most popular opinion right now, but I don't think he's a roster lock right now. I think he's on a bubble having uh, Judon, McPhee, Ferguson, uh, now Jake Ryan and uh, even Chris Board. Um, Obviously not playing outside linebacker, but um, depending on how, how many linebackers the, the Ravens are deciding to keep or to go uh, with into the season. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if he's a roster lock. Um, obviously, uh, the chances of signing another one, uh, another free agent there like uh, Clay Matthews or someone um, are a little bit less right now after the signing of uh, Pernell McPhee. But I think he's on the roster lock. Um, and but this could also be a situation like like it was with um, with Cedarius Smith um, a couple of years ago. Um, if he's if he's uh, stepping up his game, uh, Tyus Bowser, and uh, he plays well, he just may price himself out of Baltimore. And um, he's if he's playing um, on his current level, the Ravens just might be able to resign him resign him on a on a pretty modest deal. Um, but I. Don't see him like breaking out this season and staying on this Ravens roster. This, that's just not how the Ravens operate. I, I can I can agree with that. It, it, of course, they have two guys right now who can who can play the Sam linebacker role and two guys who can effectively drop to cover as linebackers, and that's Judon and, and Bowser. I don't even want to think about how restricted Martindale's defense will be if both of those guys are not here. They've benefited so much. From them both being on the same on the field together on third down, that's why I think Bowser is kind of underrated. He's he's not worked out against the run, and I'm not claiming that he has. He just hasn't been a good run defender. That's okay. There's lots of specialized pass rushers in the NFL. He can be one of those. And when you don't have, you know, another guy, you don't have Jadavian Clowney, or you don't have Khalil Mack, or you know somebody who you really trust to win one-on-one matchups on the outside. Having a guy like Tyus Bowser is one of the next best things. You have a guy who who can give you that versatility to bring an unblocked pressure from elsewhere. And so I like him I, I like him a lot for that. The other thing you do is if you if you cut him this year, it's true he has declining option value in terms of the remaining cheap years in the contract. He's only got he's only got this year, right? But if you cut him, then you lose any potential to get a compensatory pick for him. So I don't I don't think they'll do that. I think that that he's very close to a roster lock, in my opinion, would would be the thing. He'd have to do something to anger the coach, almost. I think to, for the Ravens to to hold on to him, to to cut him. Yeah, this uh, I can see your point, but um, wouldn't it be the most like Ravens thing um, having a linebacker really break out in his last year and then just pricing yeah. himself out of Baltimore? It, it would just be so typical for the Ravens. Um, and yeah, I can see the, the as you know, the, the Ravens really value their compensatory picks. And um, in looking at the past drafts, that the Ravens really make the best out of their um, um, surplus uh, amount of draft picks. So, yeah, I can see Tyus Barzo staying um, on the roster, but I don't think he's going to, to, to rack up like seven or eight sacks this year. Uh, I'm just not sure. Obviously, um, with the additions of, of behemoths like um, Calais Campbell or Derek Wolf, there might be more space for, for guys like um, Judon or uh, Tyus Bowser to, to win their matchups more easily and, and to give them more opportunities. Um, but 
I'm I'm not that high on on Tyus Bowser to be honest. Okay, well, fair enough. Let's get last player on the list. I have is Bradley Bozeman. So tell us where you where you see him fitting in. Well, uh, to be honest, uh, when he was selected um, in the sixth round, I wasn't uh, I wasn't paying that much much attention to him. It was like okay, just add some some beef uh, for your line. Always a good thing to do. But um, I was really surprised that that he uh, really stand his ground after he became uh, became a starter. He really struggled in his in his first start, but then really solidified his game. And right now, having such a cheap uh, offensive line, he's he's a big part of this offensive line. Obviously, he benefits a lot from uh, having Ronnie Stanley just um, at his side. But I think those are the players which um, give you the opportunity to 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 increase your roster quality because he's such a cheap player right now and he's uh, bringing um, quite a good game um, to the table. Uh, I think he's going to stay at left guard this year. I don't think that they're going to move in either to center nor to right guard. Um, and I think we are going to see a little bit better season from him like uh, in comparison to last year. And that's all the Ravens need, to be honest. Yes, I, I agree. I mean, just a step forward. If he if he could do what uh, Matt Skura did with, you know, some very sequential, you know, significant improvement year over year, and it wasn't even huge huge steps. Skura took a, a modest step forward between year two and three, mm-hmm. uh, and and I'm uh, sorry, between year one and two, and then another between year two and three, and you know, I think he was poised to be signed to a long term deal at the, at that point. Um, Bozeman could be in the same situation of being an early signee if he takes the necessary steps forward in years in years two and three. And really, a lot of his his poorer play this season came in those early weeks before they had really gelled. Mm-hmm. And I, I take I take uh, you know an in year improvement like we saw from Bozeman. I take pretty seriously as being a, a good sign for for 2020 at least uh, in terms of him maintaining or exceeding that level of play. I mean, as as we've seen with a couple of contracts, like um, the one of Tavon Young or uh, the one of uh, Nick Boyle, um, so such early signings um, to to like modest deals, maybe giving them a little bit more to 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 force them into the decision to stay in Baltimore. Um, those are the kinds of contracts um, Eric DeCosta really exceeds in, and um, I think just investing like a little bit more to keep the players you like on your, on your roster is totally fine. And, um, Bradley Bozeman could be one of those players, um, which, uh, uh, who stays on, on a quite modest deal and brings like solid starting experience to the Ravens for years to come. Yeah, Chuck Clark and Patrick Ricard, two others, yeah. they, they signed early. Oh. And I mean, these are, these are really significant really contributors sweet. to both sides of the ball. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, these are great things. So, Fantastic conversation. I, what I'd like to have you do is let's rank these players, and we'll each do it, um, just in order of importance to sign of the nine guys we've talked about that are coming due. And I'm guessing number one on both of our lists, probably Lamar Jackson? Yeah. Couldn't have it any other way. <laughs> All right. Uh, who's let's, your num- let's, let's keep this guy in Baltimore. <laughs> who's your number two guy? Um, my number two guy will be uh, Ronnie Stanley right now. Okay, I'm in complete agreement so far. Go down to number three. Um, give me Mark Andrews. <laughs> You'll take Mark Andrews. I'm going to take Marlon Humphrey at number three. 
I think it's going to be easier yeah. to replace what Andrews does, although difficult. Um, and I think Andrews actually kind of took a step back after the second game of the season, so I'm, I'm actually a little concerned about his level of play. Uh, not not terribly, mm-hmm. but just modestly so. Uh, Andrews is my number four guy. Uh, at uh, as Minus the, Humphrey. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. Who's your number five guy? Um, would be Orlando Brown. It would it would be Orlando Brown for you. Um, to me, it yeah. would be Matthew Judon, but I think that it, the, the the ship has probably sailed on that. I have him and Brown both at the same position, so uh, uh, mm-hmm. that's where I am on those two. I'd, I'd follow up with Matthew Judon, but I think uh, I, I just have uh, not a good gut feeling about this. Um, I'm I'm not sure if if he's on that quality. Um, I'm not sure if he's a top three or five. Um, at his position in this league and his commanding top dollar. I've, I just have a bad feeling about it. But I like the player. I like the personnel. So, yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, now we're down to number seven, eight, and nine still to go. Just tell me your order on those three guys from Bozeman, Bowser, and Skura. I go with uh, Bozeman, Skura, and Bowser for me. Okay. And I'd go with Bozeman and Bowser roughly equal and... I just think they've reloaded, and while I love Matt Skura, uh, he's a guest on the show, did a great job. You know, he's improved every year. I think that it's they've loaded up with so many options at center. I think they've almost committed themselves to find an option that is not Matt Skura there, and resets the clock on on the uh, cheap contract. So McCary would have three more cheap years, uh, including mm-hmm. 2020, and and. Uh, um, Bozeman would have three and Bredesen would have four. So they've got options who are all pretty young. Uh, I think if if they generally they fail with their first option, their second option is there, but is not maybe playing great. Skura could come back and, and easily uh, be re-signed again to a deal. I, he's, he's not the kind of player I think he's going to price himself out of town at the end of 2020. No. I think it's just a case of uh, how do the Ravens see it working? How do they fit in his contract uh, at this point, it's really too bad for Matt because he was headed to, I think, having a, you know, a, a payday kind of like Brent Urban that would have secured the rest of his life pretty seriously financially. And the injury comes along. It's just a really, really sad story. It's always it's always. All right. Well, you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on and this has been a terrific uh conversation Dennis one of the best we've had on 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 the film study short series uh let's make sure people know where to find you on Twitter and I'd really uh ask you tag this guy regularly and also include him in your discussions in whatever other way you can but certainly follow him as well where do you find your Twitter handle um just type in um Dennis Buchrisa um and just click on the link um which is I suppose uh, going to be tagged um, under this post um, when this podcast is online. Um, I try to start uh, write a little bit more in English um, because obviously most of my Twitter community is from um, the video game FIFA because I'm I'm organizing a big uh, FIFA tournament series, wow. so lots of content there. But I'm spending um, many hours a day um, discussing Ravens topics, and I'm definitely always excited to talk to you guys. And it's a different point of view talking to um, football fans here in, in Austria and talking to football fans uh, down here in America. So it's it's very interesting. and It was a pleasure to be here. All right, great. It's just uh, Let me spell it out for folks. It's at D 
Buchreiser, that's B-U-C-H-R-I-E-S-E-R. And uh, you can you can find him there. But he's often in, in a conversation with me the last couple of days anyway, and you'll you'll be able to find it there if you look at, at some tweets I've made. Uh, appreciate you being on. Hope other people who are who are listening to this, uh, we want to be as inclusive as possible in getting people on. We we often we find somebody who's just terrific, and we want to have on for other content in the future. But uh, please contact me on Twitter if you'd like to do a film study short. I might be contacting you if we, we get a good conversation going on Twitter. I often I often go that way. That's how it worked with Dennis. But uh, really appreciate you being on, Dennis. And we'll talk to you next time on film study. Thanks for having me, Ken. Uh, you're more than welcome. Talk to you later. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture, and when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space, just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.